Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Ryan and Russ Show. On today's episode, we talk about Bob Huggins' new assistant, Damar Johnson, and we preview the basketball game between the West Virginia Mountaineers and the TCU Horn Frogs tomorrow night in Morgantown, West Virginia. All ahead on the Ryan and Russ Show. And we welcome you back to your source for West Virginia sports. I'm Rambling Rush. He's Moneyline Mac. We are the Ryan and Rush Show, and we're getting right into it. Ryan, it's been a crazy week for the Mountaineer basketball program, obviously, with uh, Larry Harrison leaving. Now, DeMar Johnson comes in, played under hugs back in one of his best years, the 99 to 2000 season at Cincinnati. He was picked number six in the NBA draft, spent seven seasons in the league, was a director of player development up at Cincinnati, and now he joins the Bob Huggins coaching staff. Ryan, what do you think about this hire? I like it considering the circumstances where you had to get somebody in there right away to fill in for Larry Harrison, and you bring in a guy that's familiar with Hugs. obviously played for him in 2000 on Hugs' best team probably, if you ask him. Unfortunately, the year that Kenyon Martin broke his leg. So Kenyon Martin was the first pick in the draft, and Tamar was the sixth pick in the draft. And I like that. He brings some NBA experience, obviously, in his background, being the sixth pick in the NBA draft. Definitely a, uh, a unique perspective joining a familiar face and joining the Hugs family, which is family, uh, you know, great family, great coaching staff. And I know it's been a tough season, but if there's, you know, a coach to turn it around, it's definitely the Hall of Famer. Uh, Ryan, you've been part of, you know, not only Hugs' coaching staff, but um, part of multiple other, you know, Frank Martin, you, Austin P. You, you've hopped around a bit. Have you ever had a situation like this where a coach has come in midseason? And I mean, even if not, I know you've talked to others where a coach like this, I mean, and they're coming into the Big 12. It's not like, you know, it's they're hopping from one conference to the other. They're joining the Big 12, definitely need some shakeups. What is that kind of level of, is it this baptism by fire situation or are they kind of eased into it? What do you expect from uh, DeMar right away? So the only circumstance that I can remember that's somewhat similar, and it was when Ronnie Everhart went out in, I think, 2017 with a back injury, and Josh slid right in. Josh Eilert, right. now the assistant as well. So he slid right in, but I don't really think that this is similar just because Josh had been on the Hugs' uh, staff since 2007, so he was so familiar with the system and already in that building. I've, I don't remember a situation where – you bring somebody from the outside looking in midway through the year. But like you said, he's uh, it is baptism by fire because he's coming in for game number six and we play uh, two top 15 teams this week on his uh, first couple days on the job. Yeah, that is definitely uh, good old baptism by fire. Yeah, it's definitely, of course, you know, in a perfect world, uh, the transition would be made off the season. But, yep. you know, whether we agree with it or not, um, you know, life goes on, you know, we appreciate Larry Harrison and definitely check out our tribute video to him. Um, you know, the same with Jose Perez, right. Is things could have definitely gone different ways. They didn't. And and you got to move on and you have to move on in this program. So right off the, the bat, uh, DeMar starting off in uh, definitely a unique situation. And speaking of unique situation is TCU athletics, you know, just when we thought they got annoying with football, now they're just as annoying with basketball up to number 14 this week. Um, kind of talking about Jamar in this circumstances is how much planning do you see going into the TC game, TCU game with Jamar? I don't think much. Uh, Josh Eiler has a scout for this one. So he has been doing the groundwork on the TCU Horn Frogs for weeks now. 
I'm sure DeMar will slide in whatever scouts Larry had probably in a couple of weeks. They got mm-hmm. a, I th- they got a couple guys in the building that are patching it together to get so that basically make the job easier for DeMar and uh, make the transition as smooth as possible. So he won't, he probably won't have a scout for a couple of weeks, probably the end of the month, maybe around that SEC challenge, the Auburn game, if that. So, uh, but not much here. He's probably still just main thing with him. He's just trying to get to know our current players, build relationships, be there whenever they need whenever they need uh, somebody to be there mm-hmm. because like you said with uh, with Larry Harrison he was the outlet for these coaches I mean these guys most of them were recruited by Larry Harrison so um, it's just it's filling that void mainly as just being there for the players I would say definitely got to start somewhere right and yeah. look, big shoes to fill of course with Demar but you know of course wishing him the best and you know if if all's going well there that means the Mountaineers are winning so. All is good on other fronts. Um, after the Oklahoma game, Ryan is uh, hugs. You know, kind of surprised us. We got it reported by Ethan Bach that you know, pretty optimistic after the game. Uh, said something along the lines of, you know, this is definitely not, you know, a bad team, a worse team. Uh, and I think we all agree with him. It's just the problem is, is you're just in the Big Twelve, and it's an absolute mm-hmm. gauntlet. Um, we clearly know after five games that it's been is, you know, a couple things go a different different ways you know this is a four and one ball club and you know another thing too ryan is you just we're leading the country and miss free throws you know you you hammer a couple more of those free throws even half of them that's four and one three and two in the big 12 schedule so definitely something with fundamentals and i think bob huggins knows that and hopefully the law of averages eventually has to come around and what better place what none other better place to start than tcu a team similar to the baylor bears in football you know they come to morgantown they've never won in Morgantown, obviously a good, versatile, deep team. Um, but what what do you see here with the matchups with TCU coming to town, Ryan? This is a tough team. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. They're they're deep. They're vets because they went to the NCAA tournament last year and they had Arizona on the ropes. They won the NCAA tournament game against Seton Hall by 25 in the first round. Then should have beat Arizona in the second round in a game that where honestly they got jobbed by the officials down the stretch in overtime. So this is a veteran group and we talked about Kansas being fast in transition. These guys are even faster. So um, yeah, you're going to, you're going to see a fast paced game tomorrow night, a veteran team They're They got good size or athletic, uh, and, and a lot of experience, like I said. So I'm a big fan of this roster. You can make an argument this is Jamie Dixon's best team since 2000, maybe nine at Pitt when he was a one seed. I mean, it seems like they, they do everything. They're good on the offensive rebounds. Um, they can force turnovers. You know, as you were saying, in fast breaks, they lead the nation in, in fast breaks. Definitely an older team that stuck around a while, and that's why – that, you know, bringing up the, you know, what they did last year in, in March Madness is so important because, you know, we see a lot of these teams with the transfer portal or even when we're talking about Kansas, right? It's maybe the same cookie cutter approach, but different people. This, I mean, this TCU team, I mean, they're, they have their 10 players that average double digit minutes. I mean, this is a deep team that can, you know, really just wear at you. Deep, it has great size. If they have one weakness, it's their perimeter shooting. They only make about five threes a game, and um, they do that. That's probably why they have uh, over the last two years where they've been upset a couple times. Mm-hmm. It's just they don't make shots consistently from the perimeter. Their best guy from the perimeter, obviously, is Mike Miles, who makes him go and he pushes the ball in transition. But if if I do have to uh, pinpoint a weakness for him, it's their perimeter shooting. 
how do so perimeter shooting and usually that's something that you know we've struggled with uh the mountaineers have struggled this year especially with three points uh the kansas game obviously comes to mind with that is what is the game plan then when with the team that struggles with perimeter shooting how how can we take advantage of that uh good ball pressure and just really good help defense because I they are going to miss shots, and the most important thing is boxing out and rebounding because they do. Last year, they led the country in offensive rebounding. They rebounded, I think, 42% of their misses. This year, I think they're only around like 36, 37, so a little bit down. They're only uh, in the top 25 this year instead of number one. So, But, I mean, you got to be able to guard them, and, and, and you got to play team defense. You can't let them – you can't get beat off the bounce, and then if you get beat off the bounce, you can't miss your help assignments because then – Instead of them shooting contested jump shots, they're sh- they're shooting layups and dunks. Where so we so they struggle on the perimeter in our matchup with TCU. Where could you see a weakness with us? The glass. The uh, we've 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 been a little inconsistent. I think mainly in the non-conference where we we could get away with it just because we were bigger and more athletic than some of those teams. But you're not going to be able to do so against these TCU teams. These honestly, these TCU teams look like Hugs's West Virginia teams a little bit in the Big East days with the, mm-hmm. with the good size in the front court, athletic, and then just offensive rebound everything. So, yeah, like I said, I, I'm a big fan of this team and how they made up this roster. They do have a monster at the center, Eddie Lampkin uh, oh, Jr. Yeah. Center, six eleven, two sixty eight, only a sophomore. So definitely, uh, our you know Jimmy Bell, Moagi, uh, Pat, Akonkwo, uh, any of those guys that are out there, they're definitely going to have their hands full at that five position. No doubt. And honestly, this is a bold take of mine. I think they're the best team in the league, but they do not have the fog as the home court advantage. So Kansas, I think, will win the regular season. But if you had to label a team in the NCAA tournament that I think will go the farthest, I think TCU fits that bill. I I would agree with you there. I yeah. It's it's they're just they're just so versatile and deep and just experience. their yeah the experience yeah. and that's just I think we're seeing now with the transfer portal and and nil is we're seeing these teams you know the talent is getting spread out right more is you know a player goes to a different school whether it was the player or the school's fault etc cetera, etc cetera, right but it's spreading it out so a lot of you know, it's kind of getting rid of those those one and dones, and then you see a team like TCU just come out of nowhere. You know, it kind of started last year into this year, and you're like, "Oh wow!" Like this, yeah. I guess this was a matter of time, and sometimes it can get tough. But you know, I think rightly so is a good thing of the NIL is and transfer portal is you can get a team that's like TCU, where it's not the same Kansas team every year or the same. Definitely builds that parity, um, and obviously we're seeing the consequences of it. Uh, with this TCU team. Um, anyway, Ryan, moving forward is an X factor for this game. If it comes down to one player, uh, who does it come down to? Great question. I would probably go Milwaukee. Like I said, this I like it. TCU team plays with a lot of energy. They got a lot of size, a lot of athleticism. Mo kind of fits that bill. We're going to need multiple bigs to play in this game because TCU will wear you down with their size and athleticism. I like it. I think Wagi definitely is when he's come in, he's been doing a great job. Um, I, I, I would even be for if given him a chance to start, but we'll see. Uh, JBJ definitely, like I said, we all is all for those guys. Whoever comes out to play, who's ever playing in the five might just be the X factor is insert whatever name you want there. 
And I, I see a lot of people want to go small with Trey at the five, Emmett at the four, Eric at the three, and the two guards with Keedy and Joe. I there's certain matchups where I think you can do that. This game, I think you struggle to do so because Eddie Lampkin is that's a tough game. That's a tough matchup for Trey Mitchell, guarding Eddie Lampkin at the five, and Emmanuel Miller at the four for Emmett as well. So um yeah, I, I think this is a game you gotta play with the big. I like it. And hey, it could be uh the get right game for for JBJ. So we'll we'll see definitely how that plays out. Ryan, if this streak is to continue where TCU is never won in Morgantown, um, how does that get done tomorrow night? What are the three keys to victory for the Mountaineers? Transition defense is number one. I, I know I say that every single game, but this game is uh, pivotal because they lead the country in transition points. They are fast. They're going to run off misses, turnovers, even your own makes, even your own free throws. They they ran the ball right down Baylor's mm-hmm. throat, and that's why they were able to win in Waco. So transition defense, get your butt back, stop the ball, contain the ball, set your half-court defense. Number two, I would say box out. I mean, I know that's a simple term, but, man, this is a big boy game. They got, they got athletes. They got size. If you, if you don't hit them, they're going to get the rebound. So simple as that. And number three, it's about pride at this point. 0-5 in Big 12 play so far. Desperate need of a win to get back in the in the win column in the Big 12. We've lost now, what, 19 out of 24 in the Big 12. We're on the outside looking into the bubble. It's a pride game, so just compete your asses off. It's, it's as simple as that. It's a big bring your big boy pants game because this is a top 10 quality team, and there's no better way to right the ship than a win over a top 10 team at home at the Coliseum. I like it. West Virginia pride. That pride can get you really far. So it's definitely kind of similar to what we're talking about with Oklahoma is obviously know your assignments, know the game plan, but just leave it all out on the floor. And, you know, when when a team coached by Bob Huggins has done that, usually they've been successful. So we'll definitely something to see here tomorrow night uh, in Morgantown on Wednesday. But hey, good place to start. We got uh, Texas coming to town again on Saturday. So we'll be recapping this game. Uh, previewing the Texas game on Thursday. Uh, and then it becomes the week of the fish fry. So a lot of fun ahead next week on the Ryan and Rush show. And we appreciate you all and love you. Go Mountaineers. See ya.